Bill Cosby is free because the system worked, not because he's innocent. Leftist policies aren't helping crime, and Dems are trying to find a new narrative. And California is a crap show, and they're getting ready for the second act. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right. So, yesterday... We mentioned this, but in a surprise ruling, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out a conviction of sexual assault against a against uh, a, a a woman known as Constant or Adria Andrea Constant, who was actually attacked by Bill Cosby. Cosby was convicted of drugging and having sex with the woman when she was unable to consent. Uh, apparently. He had done this multiple times throughout his life, but the statute of limitations had prevented the prosecution in Pennsylvania from doing anything about it. So this is essentially what happened. During the initial investigation, the first district attorney said that they could not try Cosby for the crime because there was just a lack of physical evidence. It would turn out to be a he said, she said case, and the prosecutor basically told Cosby he wasn't going to prosecute him because he was under the impression that he wasn't going to be prosecuted. Bill, that eliminates the Fifth Amendment protections for Bill Cosby. That's the right to remain silent or anything that are done will be held against you in court of law. Cosby was then sued by the woman and he ended up testifying in the civil trial. In the civil trial, he admitted what he had done and was initially accused of. A new prosecutor in Pennsylvania took over and used Cosby's testimony during the civil trial against Cosby in a criminal trial after he was told that he was not going to be prosecuted anymore. This violated his Fifth Amendment rights. Kind of an easy call here. The other issue that should have been handled by the judge during the criminal trial, just to show you how much there was of prosecutorial misconduct in this trial, is they had about 14 or 15 witnesses of the past women who said he had done the same thing. None of these women actually took Cosby to a criminal trial. This is very unheard of, and it should have been handled by the president. It ends up being uh, um, prejudicial, and the judge himself should have said no. So right off the bat, Cosby already had a couple of cases cases for appeals, and he was probably going to get a sentence cut. So with this, Cosby was convicted. He was sentenced to three to ten years. He could have his first parole hearing after two years, which happened. He was in jail for two years. He did have his initial parole hearing. He got uh, denied, and he was supposed to spend at least the next 10 years in prison. The case was being appealed based off what I had said, uh, prosecutorial misconduct, and it finally went to it in the appellate court. It got over appellate court. It got upheld, and then finally in the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court overturned the case. Now, because Cosby has already been tried for the case, 
He cannot be tried again. He's actually been released. And because of double jeopardy, he cannot be prosecuted again. As far as the law is concerned, Bill Cosby is free as a bee in a tree. He can go out and do whatever he wants. He cannot be accused again. Uh, after he was released, uh, the Cosby and Cosby and his representative uh, actually went out and had an interview. It Cosby's representative made a statement. It was a pretty silly statement. Listen. Has always used his celebrity, his name, his likeness to uplift women. This is a man who refused to perform at the White House with Nixon. Nixon put him on a communist list in the 60s, along with so many other great names like Dick Gregory, uh, Jane Fonda. How could a man who was being watched by the FBI every day be raping and drugging women in the 60s or 70s, especially a black man? Today, innocence came to Mr. Cosby with the help of these wonderful attorneys to his I just want to point, of course, race has to be brought into anything, everything. It was brought in here, and it didn't even apply. First off, Bill Cosby is not innocent. He admitted he did what he did. He got off on a technicality. The system failed, and the system had to let him go. So to sit for them to sit back and say that how innocent he was is just a load of horse manure. Bill Cosby was guilty. He did what he did. He admitted what he did. The prosecution bungled this thing from the start. The fact that they had all of the witnesses they had and the judge didn't actually go out and stop them. the witnesses from coming forward because these weren't witnesses. These were these people were going to do nothing but prejudice uh, prejudice the jury. I there was some crazy number of people that basically said the same thing happened to them. That's not evidence. You can't use that. It prejudices. And then the fact of the ma- fact that he they actually used his testimony from a civil trial. This thing was doomed to the start. There, there was just no way this is going this was going to work out. This also shows that the Me Too movement probably has influenced the court systems. That is definitely not good. Uh, the reality was this guy was, and this is what the argument was uh, Cosby's attorneys made, is that this system was already set against him. The jury was already set against him. Everybody was set against Bill Cosby. Now, that doesn't mean Cosby was innocent, but the same things that you heard in the Cosby case with this Me Too movement, you're going to see with uh, Weinstein in California. Don't think that that Harvey Weinstein is going to see a lot of time in jail because there's a very good chance, and Weinstein was bad, worse. Don't be surprised if Weinstein ends up getting out too for the same basic reasons. But the one thing I do want to point out, and this is the whole thing, a lot of people see this as not fair, including me, but the system did work. A guilty man is going to go out. Due, price, due process was violated by an over-anxious DA, and they had to let Cosby go. Now, imagine if you had an over-anxious DA prosecuting you, and you were innocent, because you're going to be innocent. You're no Bill Cosby. You're going to never do anything like he did. Imagine if you went through the same thing, and you had an over 
prosecutor that was going to convict you no matter what, and he did the same thing. Now, what's scary is that there's a very good possibility Cosby's going to end up suing because he just lost two years of his life. And him being 83 years old, two years is quite a bit. And uh, it, this is the other load of BS that's going to come out. And this load of BS is not going to be accepted. That BS is that uh, Cosby is a friend to the woman. He is a feminist, blah, 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 blah. That's what they're going to do to try and remake his uh, reputation. It's not going to work. None of that's going to work. So Bill Cosby got out because the system did what it was supposed to do. The DA violated the Constitution, and it looks pretty obvious that the Constitution was violated. And we shouldn't look at this as justice is not done. We should look at it as, no, justice was done, because that's exactly how justice works. It's not always fair. It's not always moral. It's not always right. But it is justice. Okay, in the next story, the next couple of stories, the left is in trouble again. Um, crime is out of control, and suddenly there's talk of, there's talk that defunding police that has become very unpopular, even among blacks, whites, greens, men, women. It's yeah, people don't seem to like it. I guess when you know when. Um, in Portland, crime goes up 400%. That's not necessarily a good thing. So the Democrats and the left have decided they're going to take a different route on defunding this police thing. And the best way to do that is to lie about it. There are a few lies they're going to push. The first is the most idiotic. It's that the Republicans are actually going out and defunding the police. I love this. This is funny. Now, in this interview, uh, Peter Ducey lays down a question about the crime epidemic, and Jen Psaki just lays in the biggest load of horse crap that I've ever heard. Listen up. Something one of the advisors said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill, could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. But at the time that was sold as uh, these local police departments might have a pandemic-related budget shortfall, not we need to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave. Uh, I think that any local uh, department would argue that keeping cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to, because of budget shortfalls, fire police is, is something that helped them address yeah, crime in their local communities. In the local communities. The White House's argument was the American Rescue Plan is going to be $1,400 checks. It's going to be vaccines, vaccinators. Uh, it's going to put us on the path to beating the virus. Not. It did those things as well. It was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation. Okay, I, Go ahead. Peter Ducey absolutely destroyed her, and she didn't seem to know. He kept asking and asking and asking, and he asked for the next two days about this whole thing because he could just couldn't believe what she was actually saying. Something to be aware of, the American Rescue Plan did have some money for law enforcement, 
as Peter Ducey noted, but it also was $2 trillion of just gar other garbage. There was no way Republicans in their right minds would have approved this bill. It was a garbage pork bill. Just because the Republicans passed on one good thing to get rid of the thousand bad things doesn't mean that they're against the police. But that's not what the media is pushing. And the media is pushing Jen Psaki's new narrative. They bought Jen's crap hook. They bought Jen's crap hook, line, and sinker. Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post released an op-ed saying, even, quote, this is a title, even the squad is more pro-choice than these Republicans. Needless to say, yeah, she actually wrote an entire op-ed about it. And what was funny about the op-ed is it actually went towards the Republican talking point where that bill was full of crap. And we couldn't pass this bill. And she started bringing up some of the crap that was in that bill. Needless to say, this, this op-ed was not embraced on Twitter. Representative Jody Heiss st uh, stated, quote, Democratic leaders spent a full year advancing the defund the police movement. They're finally realizing the insane policies of their extremist woke base have serious consequences. Crime is out of control in blue cities. Don't let Dems backpedal. Hold them accountable. They're going to be held accountable. And then there was another one by, uh, he's not a blue... He's not a blue check, but it's Jim Tretcher of Substack. He just said, LOL, and he quoted uh, Rashida Tlaib, who said, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. You know why? Because Democrats were never for this thing, right? Never for this thing. And there it is. You've got a Democrat is saying, get rid of the police, get rid of yeah, this crap isn't going to fly. There are terabytes of images from Twitter posts that show nothing but leftists screaming about getting rid of the police. Terabytes of it. What's worse for them is their policies are actually defunding the police. They are physically defunding the police right now. You see it in Portland. You see it in Los Angeles. You see it in Seattle. You see it in San Francisco. You see it in Berkeley. You see it in Chicago. You see it in New York. They're actually going through the process of defunding the police, and now they're beginning to take it back and realizing, oh, wow, this isn't working. Now, I told you there were two ways the Democrats were going to screw this thing up. Uh, we're going to try and misdirect. The first was just misdirection. It was Republicans that wanted to defund the police, a la Jen Psaki. The other one is Lori Lightfoot's method. Now, Lori Lightfoot... The horrid mayor of Chicago has a better way of explaining the crime problem. Her explanation, what crime? There's no crime here. Stop believing your lying eyes. Now, she was asked a question by one of a Newsback's reporter, and I don't know who it was. But first, listen to the reporter's uh, question. Now, Newsmax is a very conservative outlet, <coughs> and they are not pro. They are not pro. Um, uh, Lori Lightfoot, as you could have heard this several times, he made a couple of comments that were, I think, a little out of line, but I don't think they were that much out of line because that's kind of what Lori Lightfoot do. 
he he sat back and made a comment. You know, I know I'm white and everything, but you, she's answering my question. Let her answer my question. This was something that was like, okay, it's kind of out of line, but it was really funny. So listen to his question, because this was just a loaded question. Mayor Lightfoot, what uh, Can I think... Can you introduce yourself, sir? Yes. I don't think I'm familiar with you. William Kelly, I'm with Newsmax. Um, what I think everybody knows... Uh, but um, you didn't mention, I don't think any of uh, your speakers here today mentioned it, is the reason why the hotels are empty, the reason why the storefronts are closed, is because of fear of violent crime. No, uh, there was, well, sir, if I may you, ask my question, go, it's a simple question. question There's a, um, a woman, a pregnant woman was shot at a hotel across the street from here last week at four in the afternoon. Um, you know, of course, we have this uh, horrific Juneteenth, 50-some shooting, uh, 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 shootings, um, uh, a young Hispanic couple pulled from their car and shot execution style. This, this video has gone viral. I don't think we've had any arrests in this case yet. Um, a, a tourist came to Chicago and uh, was stabbed in the back and, and murdered on Juneteenth here in, in the city of Chicago. Our police chief referred to the location of the stabbing as a homeless camp. Last time, I'm, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I always considered it to be the financial district of Chicago, not a homeless camp. Um, you so, have a question, sir? Yeah, so, so my question is, do you feel personally responsible for the, uh, your rhetoric, your, your um, heated rhetoric is responsible for this off the charts violent crime in the city of Chicago? So. Wow. He points out that crime in Chicago is insane, which it is. It is. It's the highest in the country. It's the 13th in the world. There is, it is considered the 13th biggest murder capital in the world, and first in the United States. Baltimore is second, and it's ranked like 17th in the world. That's right. San Salvador has less killings than Chicago. So what he's basically saying is just absolute truth. His cutting light foot off is beginning to tick her off. So when she starts answering the question, he says, no, I'm not finished yet. And can I just answer, answer, ask my question? This is something that Lightfoot knows she's in trouble with because she has a tendency of cutting people off and she knows she has to stop. But you could see it in her face that she is looking a little pissed off. You can see it. She's beginning to get angry. He lists several high-profile crimes in recent times. The people killing the two people uh, of Puerto Rican descent who were shot to death on, on executed basically on Juneteenth, and all of the different crimes. And he just named a few of them. He shows how the culture in Chicago has changed. Now the shopping district is called a homeless encampment. She cuts him off, and he's absolutely right about everything. Then he really lays into her with the question, isn't this your fault? I mean, this was an absolutely brutal attack he put on top of her. And she responded with something that I, I couldn't believe she responded. I, I can't believe she actually said this. and. I just listen. No one thinks 
that a single act of violence is ever acceptable, least of all me. The hotels are, are where they are here in Chicago as they are across the country because of economic shutdown related to COVID-19. So that, the, the premise of your very first question is fundamentally flawed and wrong. And you can have your opinion on it, but I got the facts. And what we're here to celebrate is the reopening of our city, the great enthusiasm that our residents and our tourists have. If you look at the actual facts, sir, what you're going to find is that on our weekends, when people are engaging in leisure travel, our hotels are seeing unprecedented levels of occupancy, in some instances higher than pre-pandemic. I think that speaks to the nature of our city and the, and the value that people place in being here in the city. Another data point that maybe you're not aware of, um, but I will share with you. Over the course of this pandemic, we've had 32 plus relocations of corporate businesses to the city of Chicago. Businesses that could have relocated anywhere but chose Chicago. Why? Because we have a great economy. We have a diversity um, uh, of our economy. We have a great workforce. And they're happy to be here because of the values that they find in the city of Chicago. So the, the premise of your question, which is it's chaos everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, sir, which you also didn't point out, but I will, um, so we get this straight, is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings. Yes, sir. You, you this answer leads to an even bigger wow. Now, let's, let's get something straight. We have the facts. We have the facts. From January 1st to June 27th, 2021, 117 juveniles, that's 17 and under, were shooting victims this year. Juvenile murders, been in that time, 25. Chicago averages 50 shootings or more, averages over 50 shootings per weekend that's not that is not from um that is not for the entire week that is per weekend average five to six people are killed per weekend crime is not going down in chicago that is a lie and she's the mayor she knows better than that. Forty percent of residents are leaving Chicago, and a subs- want to leave Chicago. Forty percent of people polled want to leave Chicago. That's a study that was released this week. A substantial number of people have already left Chicago. Illinois is about to lose seat. Uh, Congressional seats, they just barely kept their congressional seats. They were going to lose them. There are so many people leaving the state. And she said 32 businesses have opened their doors in Chicago? Really? How many have left? There's my question. That's what I'd like to know. How many have shut themselves down, closed business, due to rioting, poor economy, and crime. I bet it's more than 32. Now, I, I do want to point something out. So she's just lying here. And she's just a crappy mayor. And I think this is half her problem. That she just doesn't see what's actually happening. She remains 
either clueless, she she just is the ostrich with the head in the sand. She doesn't want to see what is happening because then she'd have to do something about it. And she might have to actually change her policies. <coughs> I also want to point something out, and this is not a criticism of Lori Lightfoot. This is an observation. And I, I wish this, I never wish this on anybody. But if you watch her, she shakes. She's got an uncontrollable shake. And I'm wondering if she's got some sort of disorder, either a neurological disorder like Parkinson's disease. Now, I'm not making fun of her. I'm not. I I, I truly want to make that very, very clear. It's a horrid disease. Those diseases like that are terrible. I mean, they're to the point you can't even hold children. They're terrible diseases. But I've seen her in several interviews, and and all of them, I've noticed her shaking. Her shaking of her head, shaking of her hands. I'm just wondering if she actually has something wrong with her. I wouldn't be surprised if she actually does. And and that's something we may hear about in the future. But there are the two ways that Democrats actually sit back and ignore it. First off, they blame Republicans. And then they say, there is no problem here. That's how they deal with their issues. The problem is, none of it's true. So... I'm going to go a little over today because we got to talk about California because California just is a crap show. They are just so terrible. San Francisco, who has been unable to control their homeless problem, has come up with an idea. Create city-sponsored homeless, city-sponsored homeless encampments. Yep, that's what they want to do. So not only are they not trying to fix the homeless problem, they're now sponsoring it the city of los angeles what a shock is which has over sixty thousand homeless people throughout the county is watching with great interest to see how this project works so san francisco has six city sanctioned homeless encampments throughout the city uh the homeless encampments are physically distant so because of covid so basically they average uh the average encampment will average about 20 tents. (coughs) Services offered include food, bathrooms, showers, community services, such as placement, home placement programs, and job placement programs. Now, I do want to point out, I got this article from the Los Angeles Times. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually look at it. Um, One of the things they don't include are some of the other uh, services they include. Uh, which includes needle exchanges. So they've got drug problems over there. And why do they have drug problems over there? Because there are no rules. The people can come and go as they please, as they wish, come and go whenever they want. There are absolutely no consequences for, and there are no rules. So therefore, they can't be kicked out. There are absolutely no consequences. Of course, Jeff Kostietsky, who runs the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, Amazing that we need to have that kind of bureaucracy in this state. Blames the United States for the homeless problem. He said, the dynamic on the streets, quote, has to do with the failures of our brand of capitalism, institutional racism, a broken behavioral health system, and none of us who do this work, we're not going to fix that. What we're trying to do is manage a really deep systemic issue 
where homelessness is a very visual depiction of our failures as a society. Uh, it has nothing to do with bad choices. It has nothing to do with bad policy of the locality. It has to do with capitalism and systemic racism, I'm assuming. Of course, it has, you know, so it's just absolutely amazing. At first, it was thought that the average cost would be 2600 per person per month in these encampments. So one tent could cost $2,600 a month. That's about $32,000 uh, $32, a year. Now, with all the services, it, and this is something the LA Times didn't bother bringing up also, it, you're looking at between sixty one and 70000 per person per tent. That's right, $70,000. Why don't you just take my money and go give it to a homeless person to go get an apartment? Oh, that's right. The problem with the problem with California, the reason there's a huge homeless crisis is the uh, cost of living in California is horribly expensive. The fact is that homelessness is seen as a right. It has a huge drug problem. California, the only thing Kozinski was right on was that we have a no mental health services. It we've legalized crime so you can go out and break things. And um, they make it that people can't build apartment buildings. A, an apartment in San Diego, and this is California. This is not just San Francisco. Los Angeles has the same problem. They have so many regulations, and they demonize landlords so badly that people just refuse to build apartment buildings anymore. I know in, Calif in San Diego, which is a very conservative state, it's almost $2,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. I saw a, uh, right down the street from where I live, I saw a studio apartment for $2,600 a month. Uh, and those are not, those are not, the, well, the $2,600 a month one was actually a high quality, uh, a high quality uh, place. But the other place I used to live, which is now 2000 a month, not cockroaches. You, It's a typical apartment. You've got all the problems that a typical apartment has. $2,000 a month for a one bedroom. How is someone supposed to survive on that? That's $36,000 a year. You have to make $70,000 a year just to qualify to go into an apartment that expensive. And you wonder why there's a homeless problem? Okay, listen, I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. You know how we fix the homeless problem? First, it's not a right to live on the street. You are making other people's lives miserable. You are increasing crime. You are increasing uh, dirt and lowering the the um the quality of life in the state it is not a right there's nowhere in the constitution does it say you have a right to live on the streets and as far as i'm concerned if you're living on the streets and you just live on the streets because you want to um then you need to move on go someplace else you do not believe on you do not belong on the streets go go live in the desert or something there are three types of people that live on the streets those that want to and we already talked about them, drug addicts and the mentally ill. Now, I do not believe that the mentally ill or drug addict should be imprisoned. I don't think that helps anything. We have a lot of room in California. We just drew, I just drove to Las Vegas last week, and I saw plenty of space. We need to bring back the sanitarium system. Drug addicts and the mentally ill need to be without, without any... Uh, they don't have rights at that point. 
they're just like criminals. You don't treat them like criminals. I haven't gotten to that part yet. But they need to be forcibly uh, interred until they are better. And these places that I'm talking about with the sanitarium system, this isn't a prison. It's at a hospital. And they open these hospitals out. And they open them out in God's country so people can't get away. And trust me, we've got enough God's country in the state of California. You could open 40 of these sanitariums and people would not even see them. They're set up with doctors. They're set up. I would rather spend $70,000 clearing up a drug addict and getting that drug addict rehabilitated so that he can be a productive member of society. I would rather a mentally, instead of giving $70,000 a year to a mentally ill individual to sit in a tent, give him a place to, to sleep, a, a heat place that's heated, food and the therapy that he needs so he can possibly be rehabilitated and inserted back into society. I don't think these people should be placed in prisons or anything like that. And they commit crimes. That's a different story. But if they're just out there, they, they don't belong out there. It is not a right. And we don't need jails. They need to be incarcerated. They need to be incarcerated as the person they, is, they are, the drug addict and that person that's mentally ill. And they protect us. They Not only does, does that protect the individuals, those individuals, it protects society too. I'm, I'm walking around. I, when I walk, I walk with a stick because we've got so many nut jobs in my neighborhood that my four-mile walk is always in peril because of these people walking around and, and acting bizarre. I have been uh, in fights in my area with people who are addicted, mostly to alcohol. So it is a thing. You're actually improving the quality of life for the citizens. You're not just trying to improve the quality of life for the drug addicted or the mentally ill. That's what I think. But, but California, nope, they, they're not done yet. Uh, there was a bill introduced by State Senator Scott Weiner, no relation to the other Weiner, but he's as much a Weiner as the other Weiner, that decriminalizes the possession of psychedelic drugs uh, in the state. And um, he only... They, the only reason he was able to get this this approved is because he was he removed ketamine from uh, the list, and oh, the state legislature was fine with it once they removed ketamine. By the way, you don't know what ketamine is? It's a date rape, rape drug. Why the hell ketamine needs to be legalized in the first place? I don't know. According to the Associated Press, people 21 and older can use if this law gets through mushrooms. Magic mushrooms, mescaline, LSD, and MDMA, which is ecstasy. <coughs> Wiener said, quote, People, people's lives are literally transformed because of these substances. And Fox News reported that this is psychedelic drugs are commonly used to treat depression, drug addiction, PTSD, and a range of other mental health afflictions. Okay, great. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not a fan of drug legalization. I have arguments with people about this all the time. This is where I know I'm a conservative and not a libertarian. I do not believe in drug legalization. And the reason I don't believe in drug legalization is for a bunch of reasons. One, our cities are already having a huge problem with drugs. 
there and with those drugs come crime. The last thing we need is more drugs to be legalized. Now I understand the war on drugs kind of a failure. It was yes and no. It was it was and it wasn't. I think we we misdirected things, but making drugs legal again is not going to fix the problem. And with drugs comes the crime, and with crime comes lower quality of living. So I, I don't see this as a good thing. The other reason I'm huge against drugs, and I wouldn't be if this if this case, if this wasn't the case, is that there are no consequences. For becoming an addict. There are none. You commit crimes half the time you're just let out. You don't ever suffer really any consequences in California. And when you become drug addled, what ends up happening? The state get, takes uh, taxpayer money to support that individual and their addiction. They, the state never tries to get you off the addicted drug. In the old days, like the Andy Griffith show, there was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a town drunk. And the town drunk had to live with the consequences of being the town drunk, which included he had to sleep on the streets. He had to, he had to, I can't remember what his name, I wish I could remember his name. He had to go to jail all the time. People looked down on him because they saw him as a drunk. He had consequences for being the town drunk. Well, there are no consequences for being hooked on meth. You get free, um, they will put you into a rehab center for free. They will support your tent for free. They will, it's not for free. They take my money. They take your money to support this stuff. If there were consequences, like you're in the street and you're on your own, that's one thing. But since there are no consequences, I just don't see this as a good thing. And and I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay because somebody's gotten you know whacked on smack. That's not my problem. I'm not whacked on smack. That guy made some poor decisions. He's got to live with the consequences of his poor decisions. I also see nothing but more crime with drugs, more accidents that will lead to fatalities, that be cars or whatever with drugs and more homelessness with drugs. And then California will step in and try and save these people by just stealing everybody else's money. None of this stuff that they're talking about in California is going to fix California. It's just going to get worse. And I think California in 2030 is probably going to lose a couple more uh, con congressional seats because people are leaving in droves. Okay, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. You can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at all, all my links. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is Gene, and happy 4th of July, by the way. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.